Welcome to the latest edition of EdTech Today. My name is Kevin Hogan. With me today is Julio Ranchetti. Julio is CEO and founder of Nova AI Technology. Uh, Julio, uh, thanks for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Let me ask you, where are you clicking in from? Right now, I'm in uh, Brazil. <laughs> I, I'm, I came to visit my family here, so it's pretty warm, very different from where you are right now. That's right. That's right. But, uh, yes, that's great. I am. Well, I appreciate you taking the time uh, to come in and, and speak. Uh, let's get right into it. I think the toughest part of this conversation is going to be stopping. Uh, but let's start a little bit talking about Nova technology. Uh, you're in the higher ed space. Uh, mm -hmm. You're in the AI space. Uh, mm -hmm. So you are right waist deep in all of the disruptions that are happening right now in that in that area talk a little bit about the company where you got started and where uh, your history has led you to this to this day okay um i've been, i've uh, besides nova i've i launched a company called fpp new media in 1997 that company um works has been working with international universities and we've been helping them recruit uh, students um everywhere in the world uh, how, what, what is the solution we, we've been using? Uh, we're in-person fairs. My story goes back when I was an exchange student. I went, I studied in UK for three years. I came back and I started, I was a bit restless. I wanted to do something. I, I created some different companies. And in 1997, I launched the first website in Latin America uh, for students to learn about studying abroad. So that was, at that time, 1997, internet was really a baby. Things were changing and evolving also as well so fast. And um, uh, actually, I think that was the second of website of that kind in the world. There was one in the US called study, uh, studyabroad.com. Um, and- um, way, we, way, back, uh, way back last century, as I like to say. Yeah, that's a long time. <laughs> So, you know, after that, we, um, with the experience we have, you know, uh, talking to students and, 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 and that's when Internet 2.0, they were saying at that time, there was, there was a lot of things happening and, and we, everybody was launching websites and we, we wanted to do, but everybody was getting lots of investments and uh, in two, 2000, UK, uh, we had the bubble, the Internet bubble, all the investments vanished. And um, with the experience, I decided to go offline and start uh, helping universities recruit students, uh, like with college fairs, in-person fairs. So we started doing and we grew the company from one small garage to be the, one of the largest in the world, we, where we were doing about 160,000 uh, <laughs> events a year all over the world. And um, I always had this thing about innovation and technology because the company started as a tech company. And in 2012, we decided to launch a concept called Smart Events, where we didn't have at that time, where from registration to data collection, we streamlined the process and um, um, we created apps so our universities would uh, just capture barcodes from students and would get all the leads. I mean, it would generate uh, files so we were, uh, I like this, I like innovation. And in 2012, you know, I thought about starting with virtual fairs. 
at that time, you know, you know, virtual fairs was like, mm, but you know, that doesn't work. Uh, the internet is not that good, but it's still, I tried to do the, the, the come up with the concept. And um, what happens is we were like a media company. We would attract thousands of students. We had hundreds and hundreds of universities clients. And that was not difficult to, to come up with a pilot program, but we rented a platform, what we found at that time and the platform cracked and it was really a bad thing. And then we tried again, the platform cracked and I said, you know what? I'm not, I'm going to build my own virtual fair platform. So by using, so our team came together, we put our heads together and we thought what would be a, an amazing, super user-friendly platform uh, using our own experience on the ground for decades. And we came up with a project and then we started building. And in, two, in 2016, we launched our first pilot with universities and students and we started learning from there. So when we came at this point with the COVID, we, we, we knew how to do that. We knew how to, uh, we had a platform very solid. We invested over a million dollars only on the software alone. And um, but we had something really solid. And um, I, uh, at that time, we were only marketing to universities, US, Canadians, British, to recruit students abroad. And then we started working with governments. And then I was, um, uh, last March, I was watching the news on CNN and I saw, you know, all the American students were like, didn't know what to do, the universities, all that talk in the beginning of COVID. Um, so my, my, uh, my colleague and I thought, why don't we um, start offering um, college fairs online for domestic students? So that's where NOVA was created to work with um, um, domestic market, but it expanded again to international as well. But uh, since March, when we started offering professional virtual fairs, because when COVID came up, all the all companies in general, they were not, they didn't know what to do. So they start using Zoom. They had to do something to continue their business, to try to pivot. But we were, we were in a sort of an advantage because we had already, we knew how to do that. And we had our, our venue, let's say, right? Because the platform is where it takes place. Um, so from March, April, where we had zero U.S. universities, we, we ended the year with a, a, around 1,000 U.S. universities using our services. And we've been doing, we, and, and our, what, what we do is we help high school districts and high schools to take their college fairs online. So we are not, what we're doing here is not changing the concept of college fairs because college fairs have been there for decades. That's how universities recruit, that's how students find out about you know, where to go. What we are changing is where it takes place. It's so much, it's more economical for universities. It's so much better in terms of uh, the, the, the amount of information they get, the number of, the, the data they get, all the reports, it's better for the students, they're safe at home, parents can, can, can also participate. And then when I explain about this, I, I like to give the example of Uber or Netflix or Amazon. These companies, they didn't change the concept. Uber is a taxi company and Netflix is a video company. 
What they did was to use technology and the internet to scale, bring down costs. So we, what we want now, where we are at about 65 events already booked um, with high schools all over the US for the spring, we wanna go to, to the point where we can help high schools all over the country, like have 500, I don't know, a thousand events a year which will enable universities to put down their costs because they do spend a lot of money to recruit students. And one thing they say is that the tuition cost is high because the cost to recruit is high. So perhaps if we are able to use technology, this, my company, other companies are gonna come, are able to provide service where they can uh, put down their costs. Maybe perhaps they'll be able to give more scholarships, or they'll be able to put down their tuition costs. So it's still, you know, um, that's what we think yeah. that can happen. Well, as, as someone who has uh, three students uh, that are either in college or about to be in college, I like the idea of the lower, uh, lo lower tuition costs. <laughs> yeah. Um, especially, I mean, you know, as I mentioned earlier, higher ed seems to be the space in education that is being the most severely disrupted in terms of the, the, the number of students, the fewer number of students who are applying, um, the, 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 the shutting down of campuses and what, and what that means. And then within that world, the recruiting aspect and the, the idea of students that are about to enter higher ed saying, is this worth the money? Is this something that I really need to do? Seems to be, you know, at number one. So just went through the process with my daughter. We received probably at least 30, 40 pounds of mail over the course of her recruiting process. Uh, here we are a year and a half later. My son has received some stuff in the mail, but it seems that colleges and universities have completely suspended any sort of cost in terms of sending out mailers. Uh, or maybe it's even just stuck in the mail. I don't know, because the mail has been so horrible. Uh, talk a little bit about some of those pivots that you see happening uh, in that higher ed space uh, in, in other ways in terms of that recruitment and how they might use your platform to their advantage. Um, well, disclaimer, um, um, what we do, we are like a, a tech company that expert, uh, has the expertise of student um, fair organization, right? So we're a marketing company. But what we see is that um, the structure, the university structure today is very costly. And uh, I think universities will end up having to re-engineer, to restructure, to put down costs, because you see that the students are asking for lower tuition costs. This is a demand. Um, so in, in I, our platform, uh, what we do, our business, is to help them, uh, is there to help them recruit students for less money. That's what we are working for. And also something we have, students, when they participate in our events, they say what they want, and the university say what they offer, and the system matches both parties. So when students, they go into the platform, they see first the universities that should be, are the best options for them, according to our algorithms, right? Of course, they so can the data, right? Like yeah. the, the data that you have collected or they have given you to match what those um, education institutions are looking for. Exactly. So what, what we do, we ask students um, questions on what is important for them. What do they want? Not only about majors, 
but about the, it, it's very um, comprehensive the, mm -hmm. the number of questions and then we ask the same thing uh, the same questions for university in terms of what do you offer do you offer this do you offer that do you offer that so the system cross-reference and show the best matches for both sides. It's good for universities because um, they can, you know, if they're talking to, to a student that matches with them high, so they can be more specific. They can spend more time because at the end of the day, universities today, they want to recruit students, mm -hmm. right? They can, they need students and students, they want to go, they're very pragmatic today, this generation Z. They know what they want. They don't care much about having a car or they, they, are, they care about their future. They want to know where they're going to put their money. I'm going to invest on this university. So that, that's, that has to be something I is good for me. So they're very pragmatic at the end of the day. So we try to help them out with technology. And for us, in terms of the higher ed thing, what we can, what we the, the where we play is to help them put down co recruitment costs. Then there is another area which we're not involved, which is the, um, how the university is structured and how they, you know, manage their costs. And we are not in that, but I'm sure there will be more technology coming up to help everyone. Technology does put down costs. We all know that all technologies out there have been doing this. Maybe one of the reasons we haven't had inflation so far in the world, yeah. right? Because yeah. technology keeps putting down costs. Um, but where we stand, we, we help universities and students in the recruitment process. We help students find the best options for them. And uh, we also, because distance is irrelevant in virtual events, we end up bringing universities to regions they would never go. So what that means, we are bringing more opportunities for students. And at the same time, we are increasing competition. When you put down costs, you let more universities attend events. So the more players, the more providers, the more competition prices should also find a different level, right? Yeah. Let, let's go back to the data a, a little bit. Another huge disruptor right now, obviously, is um, the SAT and the SAT as a measure of uh, assessment for students getting into colleges. Again, I won't talk about the, uh, the amount of preparation my oldest did to, to do really well on her SAT, and she was really stressed out about it. Uh, my, my son right now doesn't feel as much because his counselor is saying that a lot of colleges aren't gonna require that as a piece of data to measure you uh, in, instead of looking for something that's more kind of holistic or all-inclusive as a student. What are other pieces of data or what other uh, sort of elements can universities use in their recruiting process, for the, which is I'm also assuming a, a vetting process to make sure they get the right students? Um, again, it's not my expertise. Like, I don't see it where they sit, right? Yes. And, yeah. um, uh, but I'm sure they, the universities today, they, they, the, we, what we see the best way for universities to recruit is by meeting and engaging the students, talking to students. They do use, right now, many of our universities' clients, they are not using SAT or ACT because we ask them one of the questions when they create a profile, I said, what is the minimum ACT? What is the, what's the range? 
and many have um, asked us to turn that off because right now they're not using, many are not using that because of COVID thing, people couldn't take tests, so they thought it would be unfair. Um, but they have, they, when, when this is in place, um, they, they consult with companies that provide SAT, ACT, so they, uh, they end up buying emails or things like that to, come, to reach out to students. The disruption we are involved in is in the, in the college fair concept. We think that virtual college fairs is, will disrupt this, the, the system that's been there for decades, which is the university goes to attend an in-person event and has to go, has to play, has to pay flights, sometimes hotels, all of that. And they can only take one person. Um, when they attend a virtual fair, they can attend from office. They don't have to fly. They don't have to print brochures. They don't have to express mail brochures. They don't have to buy flights. They can, more than one admission council can attend the same event. Mm. Um, so we think virtual, not any type of virtual, because, you know, uh, like Zoom is not a platform for fairs. Zoom is a platform for a conversation like this or for presentations. There's like, if I'm giving a presentation to a hundred students here, there's no engagement. It's, I am talking, they're listening. Yeah. Our platform, what it does is to replicate what happens in a normal college fairs. So there is a opportunity, very easy to talk to this counselor here, move to that counselor, move to that counselor, text or have a video conference like this super, in a, super easily. So what we think are, what our business is disrupting is the in-person college fair model. So um, <clears throat> let's look into next fall and hopefully we're back to some sort of new normal, right? Everybody's vaccinated to a certain degree. Uh, you know, people want to get back out. They want to meet in person. They want to have, you know, those sort of experiences that are in person. Now I'll go back to my own, to, again, to my oldest, going to a college fair was sponsored by seven different universities in ballroom B of the Marriott in downtown Philadelphia. There was 400 kids there all dressed up because they want to go meet that particular guidance count that admission officer stood in line for 20 minutes handed over the resume got put in the big stack and then maybe you got a call back or or, or maybe you different or it might be different how do you envision that experience being uh, going forward now through through nova i think that uh, um, when things go back to a new normal because definitely it's not going to be back to what it was before like two years ago um, and I think that some people would like to go back to some in-person events, but when they compare the benefits, uh, an in-person event using, when I'm talking about our platform, right? Yeah. Because people say we have virtual events. There are lots of types of virtual events, but um, what we do with our platform is exactly what your son or daughter would do visiting a, um, a college fair in person. They can grab brochures, they can save that in their virtual backpack, all the conversation. So what's the advantage? More counselors can attend. Um, all conversations your son, your daughter would have with, with the admission counselors, uh, text or video are saved. So if you couldn't attend the event, you can later log into your son or daughter's account and read 
all the transcripts, uh, all the conversation they had with admission council, and you can be more part of the process, should you like that. Um, and the brochures are gonna be distributed the same way. Everything is digital. Um, students, they walk by booths, they grab brochures, they watch videos, they stop to talk to admission counselor, they may dress up if they like to have a conversation like this with them. They may submit their CV the same way. So everything is normal. After the event, the, the universities download um, the conversations, download um, everything is private. Students in our platform, only students that um, universities just capture information on students that visit their virtual booth. If the students didn't enter the virtual booth, that university won't have the student contact. So you're not going to be um, um, you're not going to be as a student getting mailing from people that you don't want to, right? But anyway, right. after the event, the university download everything and can start the follow up process the same way after they would do after an event. Um, the only thing I guess you cannot, we cannot replicate is if an admission council invites a student or a parent for a coffee, then you can, right? But, um, um, but the benefits, uh, the, the saving in costs is, is huge. Yeah. Um, yeah so there's, there's a cost efficiency. So instead of those 400 kids, maybe you're, especially when you get to, uh, you know, universities where is not that many kids are coming into a school and they know what kids they need to get at, at what level they want to get. Um, so you could do that vetting before you, they go off and, and use that cost and that is, those expenses. Yeah. And, and for the students, stu we've been serving students in universities and uh, students, they love this. And what is going to determine how this is going to be in the future will be the, the, you know, the demand. If students, they love this, if they wanna have this online because they'll be able to meet more admission councils, they'll be able to meet more different universities than they would in a normal event. So, you know, universities will also have to count on this solution, I think, and I hope. Um, but I, I do think that there will be in-person events happening after COVID. And there will also be in-person uh, virtual events. And I think virtual events uh, will end up down the line being uh, more used in, uh, by universities than in-person events. Yeah. Now, earlier you mentioned uh, back in, in 2012, uh, starting back up on this platform and saying that maybe the technology wasn't there yet to support this mm -hmm. sort of dynamic. Now, the, the, the COVID pandemic has certainly accelerated a lot of technologies, but I would also say it has accelerated people's use of technology to where they're comfortable with this. So, I mean, mm -hmm. I don't know, I'll go back to 2012 and go to some virtual trade shows where I'd have my avatar and I'd walk around and it was a little clunky, but it was also just kind of a little weird, right? Um, 2022, I'm probably a little bit more comfortable with that. And especially younger students, uh, younger people, um, are gonna be a lot more comfortable with it. So how much of it is the technology in your opinion and how much is it um, the user uh, becoming more savvy with this stuff? Um, I think both um, play a part. Uh, students today, I mean, when they are today 15, so they were born in 2005, right? Something yeah. like that. 
So they were born with an iPhone in their hands, iPad. With two years old, they, are, they you know, you see them doing this. Yeah. They, they are so familiar with this. They, there's, and now because of COVID, there has been so, like you see TikTok on all of people are crazy online. And um, um, we, this um, um, uh, a college fair can very easily be done online. There's, you know, just apart from the, having a coffee after the event, every, everything can be done. And what we think universities could do, they could attend several different events and then they can go have strategic uh, trips to some areas to meet students, the best students perhaps, but they don't have to attend every, you know, they can't attend. There's, it's impossible to travel to so many different high schools, universities to hire so many people. So it's, it's, it's expensive. Yeah. So um, I, I think there would be some sort of hybrid, like Uber didn't kill all the taxis, right? Right. But, um, you know, every, and then you had other companies that came after Uber with the same idea. So I think it's, it's very dangerous to, to fight technology. Mm. Um, um, usually technology prevails, right? Um, so I think like um, um, you see all the streaming, um, you know, now after Netflix was a success, all the other companies doing that, we don't have any video place that we go and rent a video anymore. You know, that was disrupted. Uber practically disrupted the whole, you know, um, taxi business. Um, we think that virtual fares can easily, like the one, the kind of, the platform that we have, there aren't many platforms like this out there yet, right? Um, but with the right platform, this can be easily disrupted, in my opinion, and I hope, right? Um, uh, because this is good for students, this is good for the planet, um, in terms of carbon footprint, um, it's it's good for like you know our brochures are digital. We don't have we don't have necessary to be there in person. Yeah. Like I, I don't know where where are you right now in New Jersey. So I I didn't have to fly from Brazil to New Jersey to have right. a conversation with you. We are getting to know each other here. We you know so same thing. Why can't a student talk to an admission council like this and you know have their questions answered? Absolutely. And then if, if there is a match, then you wait and you have that coffee when, when you're a little closer in the process, right? Yeah, exactly. And then and you've been much more efficient uh, with not only your, 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 your money, but your time as well. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, Julio, I knew that the, the, the toughest part would be to uh, stop having a conversation. There's so many different things that we can talk to about this, but right. I, kinda, I think I got my headline already. It's it, the, the, the college fair is dead. Long live the college fair. It, it's not it's not going anywhere. It's just becoming different and maybe a little bit more, uh, a lot more efficient uh, mm -hmm. and a lot more uh you know, prosperous for both the student and the teacher. So thank you so much for your time. Enjoy thank the warm you. weather in Brazil. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to meet in person at, at some point. Yes, sure. Thank you very right. much. Bye. Thanks. Lee.